When he turned his back from shoulder to shoulder, it looked like as wide as the tailgate of a truck. And this darkness, literal darkness, just came like all over, just, just all over me except where I was standing. This thing let out the most blood-curdling, mind-blowing, spine-tingling scream that you've ever heard in your life, and it cut through me like a knife. And I knew that they were going to take me. I just knew it. And then the next thing I can remember is being levitated. Well, when I look in there, uh, I see two big eyes staring back at me. Hello and welcome. You're listening to The Bump Podcast, a place for the believers of the unexplained, monsters, and paranormal. Join us, and we'll go face-to-face with what goes bump in the night. Hey there, believers. I got another fun episode for you this week. I don't know how fun it is for the, the person I'm bringing on, but, you know, it's entertainment, right, at its best when you get to, to listen in and not be physically involved with some of these stories that we hear about. Um, today, I'm bringing on Andrew. Andrew is the man responsible for our um discord server andrew is the man responsible for us having such a clear recording of those beautiful songs by bluegrass gospel at heart on the end of every episode now uh he's a he's a good friend um met him through the show he's a he's a member you know he's he's joined right off the bat with patreon um great guy but he's got some stories to tell and we've waited and we rearranged and we rescheduled and talked off air and we're finally getting things lined up. Um, it's a little late for both of us. You know, we have to work in the morning, but um, we wanted to go ahead and take the opportunity to get his stories out because somebody needs to hear them. So with no further delay, let's bring on Andrew. While we wait on... Andrew, to join us, um, I'm recording this episode very late March, and um, I just wanted to ask you guys to keep the uh, a family in your prayers for me. Um, you'll hear this a little later on, but I'm, it's a prayer that will affect them for a while. Um, an avid listener of the show by the name of Eric Crawford passed away. Um, I know this because my wife works with his wife. Um, they they're good friends, and he just recently passed. And um, I met Eric at the one convention, the conference that I did last year. Um, there was a wood booger festival in Boone County, West Virginia, and Eric showed up there, and me and him we had a good conversation with each other. Um, I was trying to convince him to get his wife on the show uh, but he just he really enjoyed the show he would sit in his garage and just let the podcast play while he would you know mess around with his 
ATV side by side. Um, they really enjoyed going riding and stuff together. So please just um, pray for Ann and their family um, for her to have comfort. Okay. Um, I'm not trying to bring the tone down, but it's weighing heavy on my heart because these people are, you know, they're just in their forties, you know, um, they're young. And this is the second man, my age that's passed, um, that we're around that we know personally in the last few weeks. Um, so it's, it's difficult. So just please pray for them, pray for the country. Um, it's just a, there, there is a, a heaviness right now, but you know, as long as we keep our faith in the Lord, things will go right. Um, I just received a text message. I don't usually look at my texts, but it looks like Andrew is waiting on me. Meanwhile, I'm waiting on him. <laughs> let me let him know that I sent him an email. All right, he'll be jumping right on. Um, those of you who would like to be able to text or shoot memes or uh, leave a voicemail, call me. Who knows? Maybe I can answer the phone if I'm not you know, swamped or working. Call the bump phone. Use this line. It is 304-812-0553. A lot of fun. Um, I've been getting people on here quite a bit. I just had a guy the other day. Let's see. What's his name? Chris. Chris out there driving truck. Brother, please be careful. God bless. Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. We we get the chance to talk back and forth a little bit. Um I had originally made the phone line just for members, but, you know, I wanted to open it up to just expand the community a little bit. And speaking of expanding the community, this show, uh, there's been uh, some exponential growth going, going on here. I just want to thank you guys for that. Um, I love y'all, and it, it means the world to me. I just, I'm grateful, you know, glory to God that we got this show going for so long now. Over right. your own life. All right. Can you yes, see it? Got it? Yep. Accepted. All right. All right. How's it going, brother? It is going. It has been a long time coming. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, I talked about that a little bit on the intro too, that, you know, we have, we've talked and talked and scheduled and planned and rescheduled and went ahead and talked off air. And now we finally got an opportunity. It's a little late, but we got an opportunity to talk. Hey, I'm just excited to be here talking to somebody with your of your caliber on this. Uh, I feel very blessed and honored, buddy. Uh, far too humble for that. <laughs> that just embarrasses me. <laughs> it's true. I, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you. What's what's uh your most in interesting subject? Is it more like Bigfoot, UFOs, ghosts, miracles? What's your biggest favorite takeaway? Um. Well, you know. A favorite would be hard, but I was just thinking this morning or this afternoon, actually in class, kids left. I was there in the room by myself and I was thinking I would love to have a good classic Bigfoot story again. You know, it's been a long time since I had somebody talk about Bigfoot. Um, so I don't know how in depth your, um, any experience you may have had with Bigfoot is, but that's real high on my list. Uh, I'd also really like to talk about miracles and, um, you know, like signs and wonders uh, with anybody that would want to talk about that. So 
Well, I can help you out with a little bit of that. All right. If that helps answer any question. Yeah. Sure. Um, I haven't had a ton on the Bigfoot side of things. Um, one that I really thought was Bigfoot, but I never seen eyes. I never, never put eyes on it, mm -hmm. but everything in my soul said it was Bigfoot. And then another one that I truly believed was not a Bigfoot for a very long time. And the more I put two and two together, the more I think it might've been. So if you don't mind, I'll start there. Yeah, I'd love to hear it. Let's see. This would have been about five years ago. I was hunting during deer season down on some national forest land. It's extraordinarily thick timber, a lot of pines. They have fire cut roads every so often, and it butts up against a mi massive military base. About every weekend that you're down there, they're shooting off artillery shells and anti-aircraft guns and everything that they have for training. So it's constantly noisy. And if you look up the military base, you'll see that it has a number of Bigfoot sightings all on its own. It's called um, – sorry for the dramatic pause. <laughs> you might cut this few seconds out. Well, oh, darn it, good, what's the man. heck is his name in that darn military base? Is it in Missouri? It sure is. Um, Air Force, Army, what? Army. I probably can't help you. Well, let me take, if you don't mind, I know you're just going to be extra editing, but let me look it up real quick. Yeah, it'll only take good, a second. Man. You're good. Got it. Fort Leonard Wood. Leonard Wood. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it butts up right against Fort Leonard Wood. And they have thousands of acres there of national forest. And we used to hunt down there quite a bit. And I was down near a creek walking back up in the dark. And you know when it's real dark and your headlamp almost hinders you mm -hmm. because your eyes can't adjust to the rest of the forest. Right. So I'm walking up this trail. It's about 14 foot wide. It's enough to drive a dump truck down. And I turn my headlamp off and I'm just walking mostly by moonlight, but there wasn't a lot of moon out that evening. I had to sit for a minute and let my eyes adjust before I could really see where I was going. And I get, I don't know, about a mile and a half up the road. And I'm about at the halfway point between where I was hunting and where base camp was, way up on the fire cut. And I knew right where I was, there used to be an old cabin off to the right. And I'm in a big clearing. I have solid forest to the left side of the road, big clearing to the right. And about 35, 40 yards ahead, just to the right of the path, there's a big swampy region. It's probably about 25 foot round, just a big wet section of road that never seems to dry. It's right near the well. I imagine it's probably spring water there. And as I'm walking, I stop every so often. It's just habit. I don't like being tracked or trailed by anything, and I want to be able to hear what's around me, right? Right. And as I'm walking, I stop. Very heavy and distinct steps through the water. Hold on a second, man. For some reason, you froze up. You said, you said I stopped, and then it completely froze for about five seconds. All right. So I stopped and I was listening. And as I'm sitting there, I could hear very distinctly one, two, three, very heavy and distinct footprints 
walking through this water. And it's about 20, 25 feet across, right? And imagine a 25-foot pool in your mind. There's a lot of hogs down there. Hogs aren't going to take three steps through that and walk off. You know, there's no animal that's going to take three steps through that besides a person. Even a person, that's a stretch. That's a long step. And my that was all went through my mind. It was just outside of where I could visually see without my light. So I turned the light on, and it was only maybe three, four seconds after I heard that I flipped the light on. Nothing's there. Hmm. You can see the water rippling. You can see the three sections where the mud was starting to rush back up from something stepping in it. Yeah, and there's nothing around this pond for probably 50, 60 yards, and there's wow. nothing in this field, just nothing at all. Was that Bigfoot? I don't know, but it was something stepping through that pond that I could not see. Yeah, man, that that's interesting. I, I'm not gonna lie to you, I was so scared that night. I ran the rest of the way up the road. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I, yeah, and it you was had to a long go past run. that area to get back to your base. I camp. had to go right past that area to get back to the base camp, and I did not turn around, did not pass <laughs> go. I kept on going, man. I was scared, and I, I don't get scared in the woods that easy. But when when you stop and your mind runs through all the logical options, and you're like, man, where, what was this? Where did it go? And there's just no explanation. It right. screws your head. Yeah, it would. Yeah, that would. And the only other Bigfoot like story that I've got for you. I was hunting once again along the Mississippi River. And I was north of St. Louis a little ways on another. Uh, this one's a state-owned park. Me and a friend of mine, who was about eight years older than I was at the time, were bow hunting. And we had pushed way deep into this section of land. And there's a bunch of duck ponds and fields and all that, right? And we're working our way back out. It's dark or darkish. It's about the point where we can't shoot no more. So we, me and him are walking back out and we hear something running through the brush, like full blown pounding through trees, right? Just immense amount of noise. And as we look up over this, this clearing, we see this, this figure, it's about eight and a half feet tall. And it was as wide as a refrigerator. Mm. at least as wide as a refrigerator, if not wider. And it ran right past us through this clearing and took off towards the river. And me and him just sat there for like 10 minutes in silence. And then we finally worked our way back to our truck as quietly as humanly possible. At this point, it's dark, dark. When we get back in the pickup truck, both of us looked at each other and said, man, what was that? Right? And he says, man, maybe it was a moose. It was real wide like a moose. Right, And my brain said, yeah, that makes sense. It must have been a moose. Yeah. There are no moose in the state of Missouri. No. No. no there's not. And it took me years to recognize the fact that there were no moose in the state of Missouri. <laughs> I have been telling the story of when I seen a moose down at the river for many, many years. No and way. Only recently, yes, seriously. And I've only recently thought, maybe that wasn't a moose. Yeah. You know, that... I, but because we saw the height and the width of it, we kind of associated that in our minds with the blades that are on a moose. Right. And uh, there's no way it was a moose. Not a chance. No. So. Not a chance. Man, now, forgive me for my horrible geography. Um, how it's west close... of Illinois. Oh, sorry. 
<laughs> Missouri is west of Illinois. <laughs> yeah. How how close to the Ozarks would that have been? Which one? The, the first one or the second one? The second, the second. one? Probably 175 miles or so. Okay. Quite Pretty a way. But it was only, you know where uh, Momo Monster comes from? The legend uh, of Momo yeah. Monster? That yeah. comes from Louisiana, Missouri. Now, it's only about 45 miles from there. Is it really? Right. Okay. Okay, because I, I visited the Ozarks last year, about, well, right at this time last year. Um, Nothing against the state whatsoever. It's about my poor planning, but that was probably the worst camping trip I've ever been on. Um, We get there, and it set a record for how cold. It was like the coldest it had been on that particular week in like 50 years, you know, I got up the next morning. There's like, I sleep in a hammock with a tarp, you know, right. When I camp and I get up and there's frost, like a good frost on my tarp. And it's in April, you know, I was like, come on, man. And then we had thunderstorms and wind that was taking people's, you know, people that had, you know, tents and stuff set up. It was taking those tents and throwing them up in the trees. Um, the side of the lake that we were on, we were on the Lake of the Ozarks, but the side we were on was still at winter pool. So there was no water. <laughs> no, we all come down there with boats and stuff. Like we're ready to have fun. It was just like four or five days of misery. And then we turned around and came back home. So yeah, well, that, the next time you want to come to Missouri, you got to give me a heads up and we'll make yeah. something happen because there are great places to go. Yeah. And there are right times and wrong times to be there. Yeah. Um, I will give you a heads up though. Missouri is a strange state. Listen, I've seen snow in times of the year that it should not snow, and I have seen hot days in times of the year that should not be hot days. Yeah. This is the most bipolar weather state I've ever seen. <laughs> well, you know, we, we get quite a bit of that. You know, we have 80 degree days in February and snow in April sometimes. So I I get that. And I know Missouri and that area is beautiful. That's what drew me down there, you know, that, and it was kind of like a, a central location for everybody that was going. We had, you know, I was coming from West Virginia. I had somebody coming from Texas, Oklahoma, and Michigan, and we all just kind of met there. So right. it was a, it was a good plan in theory, <laughs> you know, never goes as planned. No, no, but uh, I, mean, I got kids buddies, and I can tell you that it never goes as planned. Um, one of my, my first, one of my biggest episodes, by far the biggest episode we've done so far, um, terror of the Ozarks. It's like episode five, first season, Dennis, you know, he, uh, he had a lot of good stories from down that way too, man. And yeah, it just, there's definitely something going on there, you know, for you to be that close, you're very close to the location that Dennis was at from the sounds of it. Well, and especially that first one is not that far from the Ozarks. You know, it's probably only 50 miles. Really? Yep. Nice. And there's a ton of reports over there at Fort Leonard Wood. A ton. Yep. Yep. I've heard but, that place mentioned. Yeah, I mean, it's not quite as, as popular as like Camp Lejeune or some of those other ones, but it definitely has its its fair share. Um, it's amazing how much actually happens here in this state, to be honest yeah. with you. 
there's a ton of haunted uh prisons and 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 uh bigfoot activity and i don't hear a whole lot of dogman stuff going on here but um ufos I, I can't even tell you there's a treasure not found that was found not too long ago down off the missouri a big treasure that was found and um what kind of treasure like sunken ship treasure man no way yeah dude that that gets me excited like a child like a- apparently there was like three or four ships that went down in the missouri and the riverbed shifted and they got buried and they're kind of just out in these farm fields. And if you have an old river map, you can find them. Somebody found one of those ships and brought up like a ton of gold. No way. Yes. Not too long oh, ago. That's exciting. Yeah. There's uh, all sorts of crazy stuff happening. Yeah, man. You you mentioned ghost stories. You have some pretty, pretty heavy duty paranormal experiences yourself, don't you? Yes. Yeah, I do. Actually. Uh, um, would you be comfortable talking about that? Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I guess, I guess it kind of, they, they all kind of go together. Okay. M- almost all of my paranormal stuff happened when I was littler with the exception of one that happened very recently. Um, and they kind of, I, I, I feel like they all bled off of each other. I, I, I count them all as separate stories, but I feel like it's all part of the same part of my life. Like it, it, it just, one wouldn't have happened without the other. Does that make sense? You. Yep. Um, you know, when I was littler, I, and forgive me, my memory isn't that great. Well, you're so good, I man. couldn't tell you exactly how old I was or what I was wearing to bed that night. But, <laughs> I, you know, I, I think I was probably around 10. Um, may, maybe a little older than that. Because... I had a, a premonition about my cousin dying the day before we got the phone call that he had died in a car accident and he was 16 when he died. So I would have been 12 years old when oh, that wow. happened and it kind of all started right then. So I'm going to say I was probably around 12 and it got to the point where every time I went to bed or really if I was home alone at all, um, I had entities speaking to me. I could hear them in my ears and I would try talking back. And most of the time I'd get nothing. They wouldn't talk back to me, but I heard them all the time. It was just like a constant noise, almost like the radio was playing. And one time I heard these two girls. I presume that they were girls. I never seen them. Okay. But they had that like between seven and 12 year old little girl laugh. Right. And there was two girls and they were just interacting with each other and they were talking, they were playing. And I remember shouting at them something like, can't you just be quiet? Can't you just be quiet? Leave me alone. And when I got no response, I said, can't you hear me? Can you hear me at all? And one of them returned and said, of course we can hear you, silly. Oh wow! And at that moment, when I when I actually got that return, it made it so much more real. It yeah. made me feel like I wasn't just imagining this. It wasn't just in my mind. It felt like it was actually happening. And right. at that moment, I got terrified. I slept on the couch, and I tried to sleep on the couch as much as I could. But even that wasn't safe. You know, when my mom was out, my dad was at work, my brother was gone. It was just me at the house. 
weird stuff happened. And not just at night. I would be sitting there watching television and the entire house would shake violently mm. like an earthquake. Chandeliers would fall. I got my butt spanked for breaking a chandelier that I didn't break. Really? Cabinet cabinet doors would swing open. Glasses would fall out of the cabinets. Uh, silverware would pop out of the drawers, like violently shake the whole house. Wow. And the moment that somebody besides me would come in, everything just stopped. And I always got in trouble for all the shit that was, I'm sorry, all the stuff that was messed up in that house. And it wasn't my fault. If it was, I sure don't have memory of it. And I definitely didn't have a ladder to get up there to that chandelier to knock that globe off. Right. It wasn't just little tremors as an airplane crossed over or a train went by. These were 30-minute, 45-minute episodes where the whole house would just shake. And it scared me to death. You know, I'd be laying in bed. Um, now, mind you, we, we were not a real well-to-do family okay you know my my mattress was a full-size mattress it was a used mattress when i got it but i was just happy to be off of a twin right and i was a tall kid back then my foot my feet hung off the end of the bed and i didn't really care then because I, I i would sleep hot let them hang out there let them get some air right right one day i'm laying there my feet are hanging off the bed and i can feel i'm gonna try to describe this to you have you ever ran your head over the top of a newborn baby's head when they just have that brand new baby hair? Oh yeah, man. Yeah. That's what I that's what I felt go underneath both of my feet. One okay. and then the other. That's not precious. That's not <laughs> that's scary. I jumped out of bed, hit the light switch, and then rushed to the end of the bed to see what was there. And there was nothing. Hmm. While all this is going on. I'm having nightmares. Now, most of you guys would say, well, of course you're having nightmares, man. Right. Yeah, you read my mind. Yeah. <laughs> but these weren't nightmares that coincided anything with what was going on in everyday life. You know, that was my, I'm going to call it waking life. When I actually did fall asleep, I was, I'm going to put this as best I can. I felt like I was transported into another consciousness. When I fell asleep here as a 12 to 15 year old kid, mm -hmm. the moment my eyes closed, I woke up as a 35 year old adult male that was trapped in an underground prison, being tortured by scientists and chased by hellhounds. Wow. Okay. For six months straight, every night I closed my eyes. I would return to that exact spot where I left off and I'd have no recollection of being that 12 year old boy, none whatsoever. When I woke up, I remembered everything from my dreams before. When you, when you hear hellhound, yep. I'm not talking about pit bulls. I'm not talking about Doberman pinchers. These were mastiffs in the head, but almost like a pig in the body. They were cylindrical and all muscle. Mm. They were seven foot long. They stood three and a half, four foot at the shoulders. They had massive, almost alligator sized mouths, just massive. And here's the weirdest part. 
Their skin was gray. Their hair was almost non-existent. And it was so transparent. I could see blood flowing in the skin and I could see organs pumping in their, in their bodies. I could see through the dogs almost. I couldn't see the other side of them, but I could see inside of them. Does that make sense? Yep. And they would chase me through this. The only thing I can call it is underground abandoned military base. You know, it looked like something that got hit by a nuclear bomb. All the paint was melted off the walls. The ceilings were shot. Everything was concrete. There was no exterior windows. I never did find a doorway out. And when the dogs would get a hold of me, they would break my legs and drag me back to this crazy scientist that was performing tests. And whenever he would start performing tests, I'd black out and I'd wake up. Then the next stream, my legs would be healed and I'd feel like I was right back where I started, ready for the next round. Oh, man. It was like being constantly experimented on for six months. And oh. the thing the thing about it is I had no, as a, as a 12, 12-year-old kid, I had no understanding of what being an adult was like. I had right. no understanding of what being experimented on was like. Right. I wish I could sit here and tell you it was all my imagination, but I have no understanding how I would recognize those things. Well, let me ask a few questions, man. Sure. Um, well, how often was this? It lasted for six months, but was it every night for six months? Every single night. Okay, and I don't imagine it finally. Something... It finally got to the point where I was so scared to go to sleep. Yeah. I would do anything I could to stay awake. And me and my parents were fighting all the time because of it. Yeah. Um, it was when I truly accepted Jesus into my soul is what changed that. I went to church before that. I did. And I, I, you know, I said my prayer, you know, before I went to bed every night, the same generalized prayer every kid probably says. But it wasn't enough. It never it never stopped what was happening. Right. And finally I had enough. And before I went to bed that last time, I got down on my knees on the side of my bed, put my elbows up on the mattress, put my folded my hands together, put my face in my hands, and I cried and I prayed aloud over and over and over again for him to take that curse from me and to set me free from the nightmare. I probably prayed for a half an hour, 45 minutes straight until I finally just passed out. And I woke up on the floor for the first time in six months without having a nightmare. Wow. And I've never had one, never had one of that style again since. Thank God. Um, so what do you think that was? You think it was a vision? Do you think you were that there was an alternate dimension that you were trapped in? Because I, when you were talking about, I, I probably should let you answer that first. But I wanted to tell you, while you were talking about your house um, with a violent shaking you know, that, would, that would go on for thirty minutes, forty five minutes, I could I could hold my notes up here and show you, but I wrote dumb with a question mark. Like, was your house possibly over a deep underground military base? 
that I don't you know, know. Maybe the I tunneling. I, I don't know. It's possible like in that, in that but area. I don't know. Um, I, I wonder if we could find out find out now if we could look back now that you're older to to the general area that you lived in. There um, is no public record of no dumbs there. However, I was just trying to say about maybe the tunneling, the boring, you know, something going on underground that would cause maybe. your your house to tremor. And yeah. at night, maybe you're getting visions of what's going on down there. Maybe I, I I don't know. I love where your mind's at. I don't know. Um, there is no official record of anything there. However, there are massive Highline wires that span the whole United States. Big right. big ones, right? They run along I seventy, yeah, and they go right through the backyard of that place. Okay, what better than a straight cut stretch, right? To cut a a tunnel or I, you know, that I could easily see it, but I have no substantial proof. And I'm be honest with you, I've never thought of it. Um, I just always assumed that it was spirits screwing with me. To be honest with you, yeah. Um, as far as the dreams, what at the time all I thought they were was nightmares. It took me a long time to recognize that I shouldn't have seen or known a lot of those things. Right. Yeah, man. And into my my high school years, I started thinking that perhaps it was a premonition of my own future. I really thought that I was going to end up being that guy, trapped and tortured. In more recent years, I've heard a lot of people talk about, you heard a 20 in back? Yes, that's where I thought that was. I, I was ringing those bells initially, but then it didn't. I've really had that thought that that could be a possibility. Yeah. Um. You know, and another thing, too, is that I've recently been talking to somebody that works in the the spiritual world a little more than me and you do on a day-to-day basis. And I, it was suggested that I could have been seeing another soul's suffering to teach my soul a lesson, wow. you know, to, to show me something I needed for the rest of my life without having to go through it myself. Does that make sense? Yep. Um, you know, I don't know what any of it means. I don't know which, version of whatever reality is true if any of them are but i know that it was something i really experienced and i know it did shape who i am i couldn't give you an honest answer if 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 i had the opportunity to go back and perhaps uh hypnosis memory regression therapy i've considered it right but then how much of that do you really want to open right i'm pretty happy with my life yeah, man. So, yeah. I don't. I don't know. I don't have a good answer for you, Bo. I wish I did. Yeah, yeah, but I understand, and I don't know how much I would want to go poking and prodding back in there. Like you said, do you want to open all that up if you're in a good place now? Um, if you're not seeking answers, you know, if you don't feel the need for it, then I wouldn't wouldn't necessarily go after it. But while we're on the topic. <laughs> um this uh this evil scientist are we talking like you know Aryan nation kind of or are we talking like reptilian kind of scientist or just random person he was covered the whole time in okay. that like pale green hot, like typical hospital color walls like that that color yeah and it was a big gown 
I do know this is that from what I remember, I was like six two, six three. This guy had a foot and a half over me. Oh wow. And he always had a mask on. I don't know of what species he might have been. <laughs> right. But I know he was a foot, foot and a half taller than I was. And in that in that vision, I was six six foot tall. You're right. So I don't have good answers for you, Bo. I'm sorry. It was a long time ago, and to be honest with you, I don't really want to remember anymore. But yeah, man. What I what I do remember is it was weird, and yeah. it could have been it could have been anything. That's the worst part. Yeah. I have a lot of stories like this where I where I end and I look back and I'm like, I don't know. Could have been anything. <laughs> you know, well, it's man, you it's, know the, the more you look into this, the more questions you have, and the less answers. That that's it, and. You know, a few years ago, at the beginning of the show, or even before the show started, when somebody would tell me they had a wild dream, I would just chalk it up to that. I'm like, okay, it's a dream. But, you know, the more we know, right? Yeah. <laughs> the more we learn, as Tom goes, uh, of how much is going on that we are getting, you know, privy to through our sleep. Uh, well, it's like I had a dream a little while back. Um, and nothing ever came of it, but it was so impactful, right? Mm -hmm. I'm on the local fire department here. Okay. Even in a dream, I was on the local fire department and I was in the neighboring town over and there was some neighbor kid of a neighbor's kid of mine, right? Like neighbor kid. I recognized that they were walking down the street and I was like, why are you so far away from home? And they were like, oh, well, I'm just trying to get back to the house. I said, well, jump in the truck. I'll take you back to your dad's house, right? No sooner did we hit the highway, I look up and I see an airplane on fire falling fast. And it lands in the state park that is attached to my district. So I boogie back, drop off the neighbor's kid run back to the firehouse. Everybody's there. We're all scrambling for equipment. We're all trying to get out there. There were pedestrians injured. There were uh, passengers injured. There was fires everywhere. Homes destroyed. Lives lost. It was horrible, right? Right. And at some point, I get on the radio, and I, I called dispatch and requested for extra help, mutual aid. I'm like, we need... You know, blankety equipment, blankety people. We need everybody. Send everybody. And dispatch comes back and says, can't do it. There were 17 other plane crashes today. Oh, man. And then uh, afterwards, like, my mind zoomed out. Like, I was no longer there. I was zooming out. And it was a big picture of the United States. And there was, like, 50 or 60 plane crashes marked on the map all over the country. Mm -hmm. And then I woke up. I've never been able to shake that dream. Yeah. There was something so impactful about that and scary. You know, I started buying dry food stores for my family. Yeah, man. I know it sounds crazy, but it was it was there was something so real about that. Yeah. That I felt like something bad's coming. Yeah. I think I think that we get warnings and you're just taking heed to it. I think that's a that's a good thing to pay attention to. And it never hurts to be prepared, right? I mean, I try, yeah. Um, I had a, a a slightly, I I called it a prophetic dream. Uh, there wasn't much prophecy involved. But uh, when I was deployed, 
I had a dream that there was a uh, a typhoon heading, you know, like a, a, a tropical storm or something like that, a big storm coming toward uh, Guam, where I was stationed at at the time. And a couple of days later, it's on the news that there was one, in fact, heading toward Guam. And that night, I had another dream that it turned away and changed routes. And then again, by the end of the week, it said that it had, you know, before it got clo that close to Guam, it had changed trajectory and it had moved away. And I thought, man, that was weird. You know, it happened twice about the same that, incident. But, you said you it's know, not really prophetic. That sounds prophetic to me. <laughs> it was it was cool but uh i don't know uh, if there was it was there, there was nothing to really worry about to begin with you know it was just uh maybe just a little sign of you know pay attention to your dreams you know <laughs> you know there, there's it, more to a dream than what you think it might have been or it could have been the lord telling you everything was going to be okay yeah that's true very How easy is it, especially in today's day and age, that we get riled up or worried about what the media tells us? Yeah. Sometimes we do need to listen to the peace that the Lord gives us. Amen. Amen to that. You know, Andrew, I had a, another question written down here about what you were saying with the with the paranormal experiences. Um, In that house. Well, maybe not in the house. That's the question. When you were hearing these uh, these young girls talking and giggling and laughing and stuff, did that only happen while you were at home, or did it happen to you at school and out? It only happened while I was alone. Alone. No matter where you were. No matter where I was. But the thing was, at 12, I was not alone much outside of the house. Right. So like 90% of my experiences at that time were at that house, but not all of them. However, they only happened when I was alone. Okay. Be honest with you, I felt like I was crazy. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I can understand that. It would it would feel that way. And that's probably what the intention was, is to make you think you're crazy. Um, had you experimented with Ouija boards and all that stuff? Were, do you feel like maybe you were the one haunted and not the location? No, no, but there is a bit of a backstory to that too. Okay, what's up, man? So when I started having some of these issues, I asked my mom what she thought about it. She she would just open another bottle of tequila and tell me to go back to bed. I don't have the, the most respect for my mother. I love her to death. She's my mother, but um, she didn't give me the advice I needed. Right. I asked my dad. My dad wanted to brush it off. He really did. He didn't want to talk about it. The only thing he told me was, yeah, son, sometimes I see shadows too. Mm. And I said, really? Would you like to talk to me about it? And he said, go ask your grandmother. Okay. Well, I'm 12. I don't, I can't just walk over there or drive over. You know, it's so I had to wait for Christmas to come around. And when Christmas came around, um, this was shortly after I, just shortly before I started praying like that, because I didn't know what was going on. So right. I think like, Four months before Christmas it started. Now it's four months later. I'm asking my grandma. And I said, hey, listen, I've been having some of these things happen to me. Sorry, hold on just a second. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. If you're like me and you like to go camping, hiking, hunting, um, just be prepared in general, then uh, I recommend you check out Squatch Survival Gear. Their packs are 100% made in America. Each component on the packs are American-made. It's a veteran-owned company out of Texas. Um, it's my buddy Chris. He started this out of personal experience. Um, in his military service, he, he fashioned these packs, you know, off of packs that he used that he had to modify to make them something that, uh, it's more, more convenient, easier to carry less of a load on your body and the, let the pack do the work. They're amazing. I own two. I have the, uh, the rock ape and the Mothman pack. I love them. They're the best bags I've ever had in my life. These bags are bomb-proof. I, I, I've never seen anything like it. Plus, they're comfortable. When I have them on, I can carry around. I can hike with 25, 30 pounds, and it, it doesn't strain my body. The pack does the work. Um, you have to see them for yourself. So go to SquatchSurvivalGear.com to check them out. If you decide to, to purchase one of these bags, use my promo code. It's 23BUMP this year. Okay? It's 23-B-U-M-P. Use that promo code and it'll save you 15% site-wide. These, these are packs of all sizes. You know, if you want something, you know, small everyday carry, or if you want some kind of a uh, go bag, like a, I'm not coming home bag, he's got them. Check them out. SquatchSurvivalGear.com, promo code 23BUMP. I asked my grandmother if she had ever had anything like that happen. And she looks at me and she says, yeah, let me tell you a story. Now, mind you, this is a Christmas dinner, right? The whole family's here. And the next thing I know, it's, it's grandma story time. Right. And she goes on, she goes on to tell me about how her dad used to be able to predict every birth gender relationship that ever happened around him. You know, if you were within a hundred yards of this guy, he knew if you were going to get married, who you're going to get married to, how many kids you're going to have and what their sexes were going to be. Right. And supposedly, the reason he knew all that was because he was gifted something from from God, and he could communicate with angels. Wow. Now, supposedly, along with that, now, th mind you, none of this made sense to me then. Okay. Right. we So, supposedly, what went along with that is if you're going to talk to one side of the realm, you're also going to have to listen to the other. 
So he got a lot of the demonic, a lot of the spiritual, and a lot of the angels, and they were all mixed together. And his job was more or less to discern what he wanted to listen to. Wow. That was the way that it was told to me. Yeah. And supposedly, that quote-unquote gift was passed along through his heritage. So supposedly my grandmother has some some abilities of that, and then supposedly my father does too. And then supposedly I'd and so on and so forth, right? Like it's a, yeah. sorry about that. It's a generational thing, from what I understand. Right. Um, now I didn't have a clue how generational anything worked back then. Okay. And when I said something to her about it, I said, "Well, Dad says he doesn't hardly ever see anything, or he doesn't know anything about this stuff." He says, "All he says is he sees shadows sometimes." And then my grandma said, "Well, that's because he made a choice that he did not want to receive that gift." Hmm. And I thought, well, it can't be that easy. You can't just turn it off, right? Like if it, if this was something that you were born with, you have to keep it. Like my brain, right? Twelve years old. How how do you make a choice just to turn something like this off? All right. But that's where I got the inspiration to pray. When I was praying two months later, I was praying for him to take the gift and or curse away right. because I didn't want it anymore. Wow. And I still have good intuition, but I think a lot of people have good intuition. Right. About people or situations. Outside of that, I can't say I really have a lot of paranormal experiences in my life anymore. Probably a blessing. Does that you help know, any with that little bit of backstory? I'm sorry I didn't yeah. include that earlier. Yeah, that, that that absolutely helps, man. Um, and you know, given what um these paranormal experiences more than likely are probably a good thing you don't have a whole lot of encounters with them at this point right i mean i mean maybe but you also got to think um okay why does evil exist evil exists as contrast mm -hmm. if you don't go through the low points in your life you never appreciate the high points right very true okay and I'm not saying that that's God's reason for evil to exist, but I know that if he really wanted to, he could snap his fingers and it would all disappear. But it would not be the same world. Right. And our love would not be the same love. Right. And our will wouldn't be that much of a, a big deal. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. And, and I think if you're going to get one side of thing, you have to you have to understand the other. So when I think about yeah, it's great that I don't see all this negative stuff, right? I also think, well, what great stuff am I missing? Gotcha. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So, okay. I mean, you know, you take everything with with a great, great with, with a little bit here, a little bit there, but I mean, there has to be balance in the world. You know, if you've well, never experienced anything bad, you're never going to experience anything good either. And let me ask. Let me ask this then. Because I'm sure you still pray, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, have you asked for any kind of gift back? <laughs> <laughs> I've seriously considered it. I, I've seriously considered it. Uh, to be um, honest with you, though, that's something I've been terrified to do. Well, um, I ask that not only because of what you just disclosed, but that's part of my prayer life. Um. I ask for, you know, I ask to be a vessel, you know, 
eyes to be a light and that I'm ready to receive any kind of gift or direction that he would want to give me, you know, that the Lord would want to give that would give him glory, you know? Um, and I've had some pretty profound things happen uh, in the last couple of months, like pretty cool stuff that I haven't disclosed fully yet. Um, but yeah, man, you're an adult now. You're, you're spiritually grounded in the Lord. You're very aware. Yes. Um, maybe, maybe this is, uh, your time to but shine, also, man. I also for have, for him. but I also have other things to think about, you know, it's, it's not just me anymore. Now I have a wife and three kids. Um, listen, when you, when you open that door and you start to get into the true spiritual warfare, it doesn't just affect you. It affects everybody that you know. Yeah. I, I learned that the hard way. And I don't know that I really want to open that door with my kids being as young as they are without, without having that true knowledge. Yeah. How much do I want to subject them to? Right. You know, right. if it was just me, oh yeah, man, I'd be all, I, give me a flaming sword. I'm going in. Right. But I have so much more to think about and so many more people that depend on me. I, I can't just jump into the flames. I get that. Not I yet. get that because you know that's the that's the fun little uh, attribute of the adversary, right? Yeah, he's old, he's wise, he knows every chink in your armor, he knows your soft spots, he he knows how to hurt you, and if he can't get to your faith, he'll get to your family. That's right. But the good thing is we have a roadmap. That's right. That's right. And I'm a truck driver, and I can read the hell out of a roadmap. <laughs> that's it, brother. That's it. And yeah, that's why there's very specific. You know, it's so cool. Read. I, I'm not trying to make this whole thing just strictly like a biblical kind of uh, conversation, but it's so cool reading the Bible and when when you get the revelation of certain passages, you know, like when it's revealed to you what is really going on here. And I credit a lot of that to who we were talking about off air, Dr. Michael Heiser. God yes. bless that man and his family, comfort his family. Um, a lot of that is thanks to what he had revealed to him. He just passed that information along. Um, when when the, the secrets of the Bible start getting unlocked. And your spiritual warfare game can be stepped up. The you know the the enemy only has two weapons, uh, as far as I'm concerned. He has fear, and he has deceit, deception. Yep, yep. That's it. So, if can I, if can the I say a word about that? Away, huh? Can I say a word about that about Michael Heiser? Uh, you haven't uh, since we started recording, but you can. Sometimes I wonder when these people much wiser than us mm -hmm. that have dug into the, the Bible so deep, I always, I often wonder, right? If they truly found the answers, would God let them walk the earth or would he just pull them out? And the reason I say that is because once you've discovered the answer key, would you not want to share it with everyone else? 
Right. And if there was ever a man to walk this earth that might have had a real chance of discovering those answers, it was Dr. Michael Heiser. Right. That's true. Now, I understand his sickness, and I understand what happened. Right. But I wonder what he didn't discover just before and just after oh, his, yeah. his, his passing. Yeah. And more importantly, I think about in his passing, people like him were beacons for the rest of us. Absolutely. Do you know how many people he woke up? Do you know how many eyes read that Bible in a new light now because of that man? Absolutely. And I wonder to myself, God put him there for that reason. That was his gift to this earth, was to open people's eyes. Who's going to take his place? Right. Because you know God won't leave that position vacant. Right. Who's going to be the next person to step into his shoes and to unlock the next section of that wonderful book? That wonderful mystery. You know, and I can't I wait my, to find out. I have my eyes on a couple people um, that I think are very gifted. And also the, the the biggest gift that Heiser had, in my opinion, was he he was obedient. A lot of us it's hard to tell the potential that lies within us you know the plan that god really has for us but without our obedience it's not going to happen yep you know what i mean but um as far as who is here with the knowledge who is willing to share who's who's trying to wake up the masses i immediately think about ryan peterson um, yeah from he has some real good work he does. He's got some really, really good work. Um, Gary Wayne is another wonderful person. Uh, great word, great knowledge. Another one um, that's really brought the Bible to life in my mind is uh, Tony Evans. Tony Evans? Yes, Tony Evans can really open the Bible up for people, especially men. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to look into him. I don't, I don't think I know anything about him. I, I went as far as to buy his study guide. Really? Yeah, I mean, he he's he really opens the Bible up for me personally, but I also don't feel like he deep dives the way Michael Heiser did. Right. So when I was able to take the translation and then the understanding and put them together, it transformed the whole thing for me personally. Oh yeah. So well, see, um, Heiser had a particular set of skills, you know, as Liam oh my gosh, would say. yes. <laughs> He, he he could read these ancient languages and he went through seminary. You know, you know, you should get on your show. Huh? It was always uh, the scholar and the layman, right? Yeah. His, his best friend that was always on the podcast with him. Yep. You should try to get him on the show. That's a good idea. Uh, I reached out to uh, Michael Heiser and I asked him to come on the show, but it, I waited. I waited way too late. It was like, late October, probably when I asked him, but he was very courteous. You know, he replied back, you know, let me know and explained like he needed to explain why, but he explained why he couldn't, and, you know, that, you know, what energy he had and where he was focusing it, you know? And, uh, I was like, man, it's not that close. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause I don't, I don't know. I would probably still be sitting here with him. If he would have said yes, I would have been like, just stay here with me forever on, on zoom. And let's just talk. I'll quit my job, but I know the feeling. Yeah. <laughs>
Well, you know, uh, I guess while we're on that, let's let's dive into something a little different. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm sorry for that big sidebar. That was like a no, it's 15 good. minute tangent. It's good. I appreciate the conversation. I do too, man. I do too. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give you one here. It was while I was driving. Yeah. Now I've got a, I've got a whole list of different things I could talk about, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give you one here about while I was driving, and it's a little it's a little different. And then uh, I don't know how much time we have on tonight, but I, I got a few that I'd give you that uh, that are real miracle stories that happen to me in life. Now I don't know how much of those miracle stories are connected to that potential gift that came from my great grandfather, but you know I I know that there's somebody's keeping a, an eye on me and keeping me going, right? And um, regardless of the motives of that, it makes me feel like I know I need to do something with my life. Amen. So. Without uh, getting too far into that, let me tell you a story about when I was in St. Louis. Yeah. I was St. Louis. I was westbound on Interstate 64. Just past the Science Center. And it's late. This is a few years back. I was working night shift. It was probably 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning. Hardly any cars out there. I mean, it's it's a big city, so there's cars out there, but not a ton, right? Right. And I look back in my mirror, and I see this dog running along the side of the highway. Do you know what a Jersey barrier is? I was recently telling somebody else's story, and I had to explain to him what a Jersey barrier is. Mm, not sure. I'm sure I've seen right. it, but I don't know what it is. Let's say you got a four-lane divided highway. Okay. Right? Two lanes in either direction. And in the middle, they have a concrete median. Yep. comes up three or four feet. If you ever look at it, it's kind of like a triangle. At the very bottom, it's got a tapered edge, and then after about a foot and a half, it shoots straight up. Right. Those sections, that's called a jersey barrier. Okay. And what they're intended to do is if you come up along the side of them with your car and you start to go up onto them, the angle on that bottom foot and a half will actually push your car back onto the road. So, you know, like guardrails don't actually keep you from flying off the curb, right? Right. They're just to keep your car turning. Right. And that's kind of what Jersey barriers do in the interstate. So with that little bit set in, those Jersey barriers downtown is probably about four foot tall. And like I said, I'm headed westbound. I'm headed home probably 74, 75 miles from my house. And I see this dog, this black dog. Mm, tangent. I've seen the black dog, the trucker legend black dog before. You've really? heard of the legend of the black dog, right? Yeah. There's whole movies written about the black dog. Right. That, when I have seen it, has been almost a shadow. You can kind of see a dog, and sometimes it runs out in front of the truck, sometimes it's along the side of the truck, but it's always just kind of in the periphery of your vision, and it's always just trotting alongside your truck. It follows you. It's not mm. behind you out in the roadway peeing on a Jersey barrier. This is This is something different. Right. And what what I've always noticed about quote unquote black dog sightings that I've had is about just like the legend. It's when I'm tired, I'm exhausted, and I start seeing stuff. Maybe that legend isn't true. It's maybe it's manufactured in truck drivers' minds because we hear it all the time. And maybe that manufacturer is what gives us our heads up. Hey, man, shut the truck down. Could be. 
So, you know, I've, I've pulled the truck off, got some sleep next morning. No problem. Never had an issue. I've seen that. That's not what this was. This was not a figment of my imagination. This was not a manifestation of a legend that I'd heard. This was an actual creature. Hmm. And the first time I seen it, I thought, man, that's a big dog out in the middle of the interstate. And I kind of looked back at the road and then I had a second thought. I better look at that again. Make sure I seen what I thought I was seeing. Right. And I looked back in the mirror again. And sure enough, this dog is chasing after my truck. It's back shoulder blades are even with the four foot jer- Jersey wall. Oh, wow, man. And I can see yellow eyes. Hmm. It scared me in a way that I had never felt fear before. I put the pedal to the floor and I called my wife. I came through an S turn, lost sight of the dog. Now I wasn't gaining on my truck, but it was keeping up pretty good. It was probably doing 50 miles an hour. Wow. And when I got past that S curve and I couldn't see it no more, I called my wife 74 miles away, woke her up from a dead sleep to make sure all the doors were locked and all the windows were closed. Because I did not want to chance this thing getting in my house while I was gone. Why I would feel it knew where I lived or it, why it would go to my place of residence, right. I don't know. But it was I was scared enough. I needed to know the doors and windows were locked. Hmm. That's interesting. It was terrifying. So I it, super impressive story, maybe not, but let me tell you, a four foot to the back dog is not a small dog running no, 50 miles an hour down the highway with yellow, yellow glowing eyes. It put fear in my life. Yeah, it sounds like a dire wolf or something, you know, was it? Yeah, Can I don't you know. Tell, like like what kind of dog it would look more most it was like? too far away for me to really yeah. pick out a, a breed. Yeah. But I know that it was it was tall. It had a squarish head, almost a, almost like a Doberman head, and it had yellow eyes. Mm. And the thing is, is at that distance, I probably shouldn't even be able to see the eyes. Right. But I I knew that they were yellow. And, uh, and I knew they were glowing. I felt that. I could see that almost like mind's eye. I knew that whatever that was was not natural. And you said there's not very many dogman attacks or uh, sightings in the area too, right? I mean, not to my knowledge, but you, it does. Do you think this could have been uh, something like that on, on all fours? I don't know. I feel like dogman is something completely different. I'm sure that Dogman can run on all fours, right. but I feel like it's something different. Um, and the reason I say that is because this looked like a dog. Okay. I understand that Dogmen look like dogs, but their body structure is different. They have chest and torso and arms and hands. This was right. not that. This was a dog. This was a um, dog that still made you want to call home to make sure. Oh, it was terrifying. Was... Yes, absolutely. But I don't think it was a Dogman. Could I prove right. that without a shadow of a doubt? No. Have I ever seen a dog man? No. But right. from the stories I've heard, I just don't feel like this is that. Right. I feel like I this is I... something different. Um, did it feel natural or did it feel like it could have been a, an omen or was it after you? It yeah. felt like it was after me. Man. It felt like it was after me. But 
after I passed that S turn, I didn't see it again. Hmm. It was, a, it was the feeling I got was, it almost felt demonic. Yeah. Um, I had somebody else recently ask me if that, if, you know, about omens and, you know, I, nothing big or major happened in my life at that point, but I definitely felt like it was something evil or with ill intent at the very least. Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. The glowing eyes. I don't know if anything has glowing eye that would be friendly. Yeah, glowing eyes is usually a big no for me. Yeah. Just it's a red flag, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't I don't know. Even if it's a natural creature, if it's glowing glowing eyes, it can stay it can stay over there. I'm good. Yep. Same here, man. I, I just don't need that in my life. You know, I, I do fine with I don't even like jellyfish. <laughs> Um, but no, I mean, uh, let's see, that was driving to St. Louis. Let's, let's take the trip up to driving in Detroit. We'll just try to transition as naturally as possible. Okay. I was driving truck over the road. This was probably about nine years ago now, I guess. And I was delivering this little fish market in South Detroit. Now, South Detroit's one of the roughest towns I've ever had to park overnight in and not just because of this story. Uh, I was out of drive time. No, no more hours. So I had to park. There's no truck stops within 30 minutes of me. Mm. Um, I finally get the truck offloaded and I, I looked around and there's um, rail lines, a bunch of them stacked up big rail yard. Right. And so I decided I was just going to jump the tracks and I was going to park in between two rail, ride, two rail lines. So I went ahead and parked the truck in between two tracks, made sure one track, you know, one train passed on the right, one on the left. So I knew that my truck had clearance between the two tracks, right? All right. And I shut down for the night. Apparently, at some point in the night, some people decided to start pulling pop shots. Now, I don't know if they were shooting at the train or if they were shooting at my truck deliberately. And how I slept through this is got to be a miracle by the Lord. But I had 37 bullet holes in my truck and trailer when I woke up the next morning. Oh, my God. They just shot all the way down my truck. A few of them came in the cab, nearly missing my head. Oh, my gosh. And you slept through I, it. I slept through it. And that's the thing is if I had woke up, or even just snored wrong, man, and raised my head at the wrong second, I wouldn't be here today. Something wow. kept me asleep peacefully all night long. Yeah. Until I woke up the next morning. Oh, my goodness. That's a miracle. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. For that. that's I, I truly believe that's a miracle. You yeah. know, um, my uh, brother-in-law, my sister-in-law, and their, their youngest daughter, about... Six months ago, we're coming down a two-lane highway, and all three of them were on the Harley. Two of them had helmets on, one of them didn't. And uh, a road rager cut them off, ended up hitting the bike. Mm. And the bike and all three of them went off into this this field off the side of the, the roadway. And they all went over a barbed wire fence nearly missing trees and poles. They were almost placed. 
into this into this field. And my sister-in-law ended up having a broken ankle. The their daughter, not a scratch, not a concussion, mm-hmm. not a nothing. And uh, my brother-in-law had a mild concussion afterwards. And if that car had hit them at a different angle or different speed, it would have been a much different story. They were doing almost 70 miles an hour, Bo. Oh, my goodness. And the thing is, is after it was all done, my sister-in-law said that she swears she saw an angel place his hands in the hood of that car and stop it from running them over. And when they went back, there are two handprints on the hood of that car. The whole front of that car is falling apart. And there are two handprints pushing the hood down where that car just stopped. And I have pictures of those handprints. I want those pictures, man. I will send them to you. Uh, Would you, would you mind if I shared pictures? Yeah, absolutely. You can, you can definitely share them. Awesome. Awesome. I mean, because the you front, know people... the front of that car. Mind you, the, the Harley. Yeah, they rode it home. Insurance cl- classified it as totaled, but they rode it home, and the front of that car looks like it hit the backside of a pickup truck. It is just oh. destroyed. Oh my goodness! I'm telling you right now, something stood there and put their hands on that car and stopped it. Yeah, they're guardian angels. It says in Psalm 91, He will charge His angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. What the best part is that they had they had just started going back to church like four months before that. Thank God. Yeah. You know, I I didn't understand peace until I fully committed my life. You know, um, my wife and I rededicated, and we we went all in about a year and a half ago, and I mean true peace. And Andrew, I've been hit with the hardest stuff I've ever had to deal with in my life, man. And peace. And he's good. Place your worries on me. My yoke is light. That's it. That's yep. it. And it's man, hard. Yeah. It's hard for it's hard for everybody else that's out there in the everyday world to understand that. Right. Because I, I was there not too long ago. You were there not too long ago where you feel like you just have to do this and you have to do that. And um, the pressure and the anxiety and the the bills and the people and the opinions. And, and suddenly it's like somebody flips a switch and it's like, it's all right. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. And sit. Exactly. And it's all going to work out. To, to be humble, to honestly surrender, to stop trying to figure it out, to stop trying to make it work your way because he'll let you run, man. You know, I, yep. I, I told my wife, you know, it's a lot like fishing, you know, get, you know, when you give your life to the Lord or whatever, that sets the hook, but there's going to be times where you think, you know what you're doing and you're going to go off on a good run. And he kind of just lets that drag out, you know, yep. <laughs> he'll let you run tire yourself out. And then he'll just pull you right back to him, you know? Uh-huh. That's that's a lot what it feels like. Well, you know, I I love your analogy. I'd love to take it a step further. What's really sad is that some of these people, they set that hook. And when they get that moment to run, they end up getting snagged on a log somewhere. Yep. And they can't go anywhere and they can't eat and they can't escape. And they're stuck under that log. And I, I just wish there was some way to reach people like that. I know. I know. 
Yeah, my heart breaks was, for a lot of a lot of people in my life, man. You know, I, I I I've had a lot of crap happen to me too, right? Yeah, man. And some of the worst moments of my life turned out to be the best, best life changing events I could have ever asked for. Yep. And when I started to really stop and put it all together, I'm like, man, okay, so if I hadn't gone through this hardship, I would have never been here, right? Yeah. And you go ahead and you put all the dominoes together. You can go back as far as you want, Bo. You just keep going and you're going to see those dominoes. Once you start to put the pieces together, you see them. Yeah, and bro. you start to realize, yeah, I did some stuff. And people yeah. did some stuff to me. But yeah. if it wasn't for every single action, I wouldn't be where I am today. Amen. I say And I, that's, it's amazing. Yes, it is. It's, it shows you that everything's, on a plan there's a there's a timeline and I, I i say this all the time when david fought goliath it wasn't his first rodeo david was a shepherd and he, he it says it right there yep before he fought goliath he has already fought off a bear yep he already fought off a lion you know so that secured him you know, that that took any fear he had, any doubt he had, any worry he had. So by the time uh, a man is down there, yeah, it's a giant, but he's an uncircumcised Philistine. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, who is he? Well, the best part of that story is is David had five stones in his hand. Right. He picked up five stones, one for Goliath and his, and his four brothers. He was ready to take them all on. And yeah. God said, you take the first step and I'll take care of the rest. That's it. That's it. That's uh, the way pastor. life is supposed to be. You take the first step and I'll take care of the rest. That's it, man. He had like, five my, stones. He left with four in his pocket. I want to be that touched guy. On, on something similar to that also. He said, when David hit Goliath in the forehead, he said, you would think that that momentum would knock him back. He said, but Goliath fell forward because every knee shall bow. <laughs> every knee <laughs> shall know? bow. Yeah, I've never seen that perspective. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, I thought that was pretty good, man. Yes, yes. But I, I don't know. There's there's so so much power in each one of those stories. And until you take the time to dig into them. Yeah. And that's why I'm gonna miss Michael Heiser so darn much because he really wow. took the time to dig into those stories. You start to see the real nuance there. Yeah. And it changes the way that you read the Bible. It absolutely it really does. does you know? It absolutely does. You ever driven a truck, Bo? No. No, I have not. I haven't driven anything bigger than a U-Haul. I commend you. It's not a <laughs> like, fun job. Uh, I, a lot I've of driven times, pickup trucks. I got a I got a GMC Sierra if that counts. <laughs> yeah, a lot of times people ask me, "Well, what's it like driving a truck?" Right? Yeah. And you know, a lot of people that go on vacation, right? They're going to go seven, ten hours away. Some of them go like four or five hours on a trip. They got to stop at a hotel. Right. They're sleeping because they're tired. That five hours wore them out. They get to where they're going, they're sleeping again because that extra five hours wore them out. Right. Like the reason that wears you out is because your mind is constantly seeking all the potentials, 360 degrees around your vehicle for every second that you're on the road. Yeah. So when I when I try to put that into perspective for people, I say, Do you remember sitting through calculus? Imagine yeah. sitting through calculus and trying to do all of those equations with no calculator and no pen and paper, all in your head for 14 hours a day. And tell me you're not freaking tired when you go home. 
Yeah, no doubt. Because that's what we do. We're constantly trying to factor velocity, angle of impact, threat identification, angle of the roadway, your own weight shifting, your brake, your brake distance, everything goes into every second of what you're doing on the road. Because when you have that much weight and momentum, you have to take it seriously. Absolutely. So it's exhausting. And sometimes as, as good as you are at trying to calculate those risks, there's just nothing you can do. Right. Is, sometimes it's just that way. Someone's going to hit their brakes and there's just not enough time to stop. Were you following too close? Maybe. But in reality, some other car would have slid right in that space as soon as you gave it to them. Yep. Sometimes there's just nothing you can do. I was in a position not too long back. Uh, well, I say that, I guess it was probably about eight, nine years ago. I was still OTR at the time. And I was coming southbound on this little highway called US-61. Okay. Out of Iowa into Missouri. There's a bend in this highway. It's raining cats and dogs. I mean, torrential downpour. It might as well be frogs falling from the sky. And I'm cruising. If you did not know how hydroplaning works, the heavier your vehicle and the the smaller the amount of tread you have in your tires that increases the the chance of you hydroplaning. I worked for a company that did not put new tires on trucks. Oh, no. We hydroplaned all the time. Yeah. All the time. Running on slicks. And you you just learn how to drive a eighty thousand pound tractor and trailer hydroplane down the highway. You just learn how to do it. Mm. So I'm coming down this hill, doing about 65, 70 miles an hour. And there's this thick forest to my right, which is the west side of the road, because I'm headed southbound. And I start hydroplane, I feel it, and the truck's kind of floating a little bit. And I thought, well, I'll just keep it to the center of the road. There's no cars out. It's nighttime. Um, I'll be all right. It's a nice straight stretch, right? Eventually, I'll get traction again. I know it will. So I'm cruising. And the next thing I know, that nice thick forest that was on the west side of the road disappears. And it's a big old open field. What mm. I did not recognize was that forest was blocking the straight line winds. Yep. So as soon as that forest stopped, the straight line winds hit the side of that truck. And it turned me sideways. Completely sideways. The nose of my truck was headed due east. And the tail of my truck was headed west. And I was traveling at 65, 75, 65 or 70 miles an hour south. Right. Wow. There is no correcting that. No. Nope. There is nothing you can do. At that point, it's over. I'm still hydroplaning sideways, which mm. I still don't understand how that even happens. And all I thought was the moment my tires grab traction, it's going to tootsie roll down the highway. Yeah, and I'm going to be a big mess on the news. I did not have my seatbelt on. I just thought I was dead, Bo. Yeah. I it's... kept my hands on the wheel and I closed my eyes. And I said a prayer. And I felt the truck while my eyes were closed lift up into the air. And I swear I thought I was going over. I thought, this is it. It's over. I'm dead. Mm. And about two... Three seconds later, I realized that I still hadn't impacted the highway yet. And I opened my eyes up, and I'm going straight back down south again. 
<laughs> you know, that's that's impossible, you know. It's impossible. That's there, the funny part was there was a car about a half mile behind me. I wish I knew who they were. Oh man. Because they seen whatever happened. And when they came up alongside of my truck a little ways down the highway, they their eyes were as big as as saucers, man. Yeah. You know, they they were in absolute surprise. They knew they had just witnessed a miracle, and I knew they had to. Yeah, I wish my know. eyes weren't closed because I wish I could have seen what happened, but you know, I was I thought I was dead, Bo. Oh my gosh. You know, they're probably still telling that story too. You know, I would love to hear it one day. One oh, of these yeah. days I'd love to have them come on to a show and I want to hear their perspective because man, I bet it was awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. See, it's just another thing to show you that you were spared for a reason. There's a there's a work for everybody. Oh, for sure. You know? And if figuring you out the reason is the hard part. Yeah. <laughs> if you haven't found it yet, it's gonna find you. You know. I got one more miracle story for you if you want to hear it. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Well, this one's a little more recent. It was probably about four years ago. Um, I was working overnights. I was here local. And uh, for the listeners that don't know, I drive a fuel truck. So, I you know, I drive around 80,000-pound bomb nowadays. Yep. And it was real late in the evening. I pulled up to a refinery to pick up some fuel for a, for a station. And I hadn't slept in like three days. You know, little cat naps here, there. Um, what I did sleep, it wasn't good sleep. It turns out I had sleep apnea. Yep. And, you know, I'd lay down for four or five hours, feel like I slept a half an hour. And it just kept building and building and building. And like three, four weeks of this, of just not being able to catch up and sleep at all. And these little four or five hour cat naps just wasn't cutting it and then i found that last little stint i didn't i don't know that i slept the night before or maybe not even the night before that to be honest with you, i can't remember right. as it turns out sleep deprivation can really screw your mind <laughs> Yo, yeah yeah and um i pulled up to this this terminal load and a friend of mine was there he works there and i got out of the truck and walked over to this little smoking table right because you can't smoke under the rack or anywhere near the fuel so right. they have this little this little booth where you know the, all the nicotine lovers can go sit and smoke the cigarettes. All right. So I walked over there and I was sitting talking to him for a minute and I was telling him about how tired I was. And I've been real tired before. You know, I mean I've I've done uh straight hauls from California before. Hmm. I've ran stupid hours that I shouldn't have. I've never been this tired. This was the tiredest I'd ever been in my entire life. And I looked at him and I told him that. I said I do not think I'm going to make it home tonight. And I meant that. I really thought I was going to die on the way home. And he right. says, well, why don't you call your boss and have him send somebody else down here? And I said, there is nobody else that's going to come down here at 2 o'clock in the morning. I might as well sleep in the gravel because right. that's about as good as I'm going to get, and I'm not doing that. I'm going to try my best to get home and pray that the Lord's watching out for me. Yeah. And as we're talking... I see this blue flash jettison over the entire parking lot. Neon blue, like just piercing blue. 
And at the same instance that I seen that flash reflecting off all of the metallic objects throughout the entire field, I feel this pop like popcorn or a light bulb exploding on those old incandescent light bulbs. Right. And I can hear this ringing through my mind. And it's almost like uh, when you're too close to an explosion and your ears start to ring a little bit. Oh, yeah. It's almost like that. And all of this is happening at the same time. And I stopped talking to my buddy mid-sentence. And I was so puzzled and confused about everything that was happening all of a sudden. And more importantly, like, what's going on with this flash of light, right? Because I'm in a, in a federally secured facility, and there are no blue flashing lights anywhere here. So I'm thinking, right. like, the police are coming here or something's going wrong. Right. And I, I stop and I look around and finally I'm like, man, there are no blue lights anywhere here. And I looked down at Jason and I said, hey, man, did you see this uh, this blue light that I just seen reflecting off all that stuff? And I looked down at him. He's got his cigarette had fallen out of his mouth and his mouth is just a gape. And he's staring at me. And he kind of licks his lips a little bit. And he bends over and he picks up the cigarette, puts it back in his mouth, takes one puff. And with a real confused look on his face, he says, yeah, but you're not going to believe me. And I said, well, well, where did it come from? Where did you, what did you see? He says, there was this blue halo that just appeared over your head. And this brilliant blue flash emanated from every point of direction over top of you. Oh, wow. That gave me chills, man. It did. I swear. I got chills right now. <laughs> and I stopped and I was just thinking to myself, there's no way. And I thought he was pulling a prank, right? I'm like, no, come on, man. Where's this blue light coming from? And he said, he kept, he's adamant. I swear, I swear, I swear. This is what happened. Yeah. You know, and this has been four years. I call him right now. He'd tell you the same thing. Yeah. I, I believe at this point, I believe him because I know that if he, if it was a joke, he would have came out and told me beforehand. Right. And more importantly about that, Finally, I'm like, okay, fine. Blue flash over my head. That's really cool. I got back in my truck. I went to load it. 15 minutes later, by the time I finished loading that truck, I jumped out of that that cab with more energy than I'd ever felt in my entire life. It felt like I was reborn. Not only was I just about to the point where I told him I wasn't going to make it home that night. I got in that truck. I, I drove it. Delivered my load. I got home. I cleaned my entire house. I cooked my family breakfast the next morning. I stayed up and did a bunch of side work throughout the day. Went back to work that evening. Worked an entire shift and then came home and then went to bed. Wow. <laughs> I felt so good. I didn't even know how to speak. Man. See, that's, that's the I, I don't God, know man. any way to describe it to you better than that. All I know is that one minute. I felt like I wasn't going to make it home being so tired. And the yeah. next minute I stayed up for another 36 hours with so much energy and love in my heart that I could not stop surfing my family. That's wonderful. That, that's a, that's a touch from the Lord, buddy. That, that's all that is. That's gotta be, there's no other way to explain it. That's what I think. Yeah. Man, that's awesome. Andrew, I appreciate you sharing those stories with me, buddy. Yeah, I, absolutely. I know we've, we've been trying to do this for a long time, but I'm glad we took the opportunity we had today. Um, you had some pretty serious stuff come up a couple of days ago. We we had to, to bump it back, but thank God that it worked out the way it has. Yes, absolutely. Um, is there anything else you wanted to go over before we hop off here for the night? Because 
I got to get up and wrangle 108 teenagers tomorrow. Yeah, um, no, I mean, I, I have more stories to share with you if you had time, but I'm, I'm be honest with you, I'm feeling the the same tired that you are. Yeah. Over here, rub my eyes and wishing that it was coffee <laughs> instead of Sprite, man. Um, yeah, I need one of them blue halos, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think we could all use one of those. <laughs> well, I'm sure if you know, if you would, I would love to have you back on. You know, anytime that you want to come back on, man. And I'm sure sometime I will. I really appreciate the invitation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, yeah. Thanks again for doing this with me. Have a good night. Be careful tomorrow. Um, God bless. Absolutely. Thank you. Be safe out there. Love you, brother. You too, brother. That's it for this week, guys. Thanks for listening. If you want more content, if you want to submit your own story to be on the show, if you want to listen to past episodes, or if you want to donate to the show, you can do all of that through thebumppodcast.com. So just go there, uh, explore the website, check it all out. If you want to sign up to be a member, it's super cheap. It's just $1.75 a week. You can cancel it anytime. Get in on uh, all the, the new, latest, and greatest stuff we have going on. All right, so again, thanks for listening. I love you. God bless.
so there's a table personally ready to submit your life to God and accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The book of Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says it really simply that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's that simple. To be born again, to start a new life as a child of God, to join God's army, to rise up against the evil forces that you know are all around you. You don't have to do it alone. I love you. Jesus loves you. And may God bless you.
Thank you. 